What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another wonderful, wacky Warrior Wednesday. I'm so glad you're joining us here tonight at Protector's Toolkit. Protector's Toolkit, where you can get all your church safety and security needs, all your questions answered, all your needs taken care of, all your training done for you. At Protector's Toolkit, we have a guiding biblical principle. It's Proverbs 18:15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In the easy-to-read version of the Bible, sometimes I have to go there. Maybe I'm explaining something to my kids or I'm talking to a sheriff's deputy or something like that. i got to break it down a little bit more. It says it this way. Wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. And warriors, I want to make sure you're aligned with my thought process here. I call you warriors. If you're a, protect if you're a protector of your church, if you're a guy or a gal who's standing on the wall, serving with one hand and a sword in the other for your church, your place of worship, then you are a warrior. Exodus Early on in the Bible, 15.3 tells us this, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. And you are warriors, of course. You're standing there in your church saying that you're going to take care of everybody that comes in. Jim, I see you joining us. Thank you so much. Make sure you share, Jim, if you got somebody to share with, especially somebody in leadership in your church tonight. We're going to talk about why you don't need a safety and security team. Now, I know a bunch of you think I probably misspelled that or mistyped that or missaid that, but I'm going to talk about why we don't need a church safety and security team. And I think by the end of this, you'll feel maybe the same way I feel about this. Mike, I see you joining us from Oklahoma. Hey, Mike, don't forget, I sent you an email. We're coming up to Oklahoma uh, in January. Uh, definitely want to fellowship with you, brother, when we come up there. A couple shout outs uh, today. Obviously, we can't miss this one. United States Marine Corps, 246 years, your birthday today of making the green grass grow. Thank you, Marines. Thank you for all the uh, the action you've seen. Thank you for everything you've done for our country and our nation. Thank you for all the crayons that you've eaten. We love you, Marines. That's a little tongue-in-cheek. I love my brothers and sisters in the Marine Corps. Tomorrow, I want to make sure I call this out now. Uh, happy Veterans Day to all my brothers and sisters that served in every branch of service uh, for this great country. It was certainly my honor to serve this country, the United States Army, the greatest fighting force on the face of the earth. And all those that came before me, all those currently serving, happy Veterans Day to all of you as well. Now, if you're just joining us, if you're jumping in here, number one, you're going to want to share this tonight. We're going to talk about why you don't need a church safety and security team. Yes, I said why you don't need a church safety and security team. You're going to want to share this right now. I'm going to give you a call to action. Share it with somebody in your leadership, somebody that's a leader leadership position within your church. Somebody maybe you've uh, tried to convince you they need you actually need a safety and security team at your church, and they're just not quite on board with it. Go ahead and drop uh, hit that share button down there and get it to them. Make sure they join you on the broadcast tonight because I think we're going to bring this back around to uh, maybe changing their mind on that. Ask questions, jump in the comments over there. Shane, I see you joining me, brother. So glad you're joining me. I hope you have that headshot of me next to your bed still. Uh, I'll send you a new one if you need one. <laughs> um, drop your name of your church, where you're watching from, the city and state, city and state, town, if you want to, if you want to drop a comment in there. Uh, make sure you're asking questions. And again, share with people in leadership because we're going to be talking about why you don't need a church safety and security team. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this topic. I think, like I said, a lot of you thought when I posted this that we were going to talk about this, that guy's crazy. He's bumped his head. He has a massive uh, trauma to his head of some sort. Uh, of course, we need a church safety and security team. We, we have a church safety and security team at our church. Why don't we need one? That's just foolishness. And of course, I kind of feel the same way, but I'm going to put I'm going to package this in a different way for you tonight. Jason, I see you joining us. Thanks so much for joining. Let us know where you're joining from. So 
you know, I'm not misstating, I'm not overstating, or maybe I'm not even understating that, we, yes, we do need a church safety and security team, but I think there are people in your congregation, maybe even people in your church leadership who think you don't need a church safety and security team. And I'm going to tell you maybe why that is. And if you're a pastor, if you're into church leadership, if you're a staff member of the church and you think maybe you don't need a church safety and security team, um, then, then maybe I can agree with you under certain circumstances. We're going to talk about this, but let's define a couple of things, a safety and security team, a protector team, whatever you want to call it uh, out there at your church. It's the guys and gals who, like I said, like Nehemiah, are, are working on the wall. They're standing on the wall. They got a sword in one hand and they're working with the other. They are protecting the flock. We know that's biblical. It says it in the Bible a number of times that we're to protect the flock. So those guys and gals, those the protector teams, the safety and security team, those are those guys and gals. Sometimes it's maybe just the people that carry a gun in your church, and we'll talk about that here in a minute too. So what are the main goals? Why do we have a church safety and security team? Well, the main goal is primarily physical security. We have a safety and security team for the physical security. It's the protection of personnel and property from physical actions and events that could cause serious loss or damage to an enterprise agency or institution, a church, right? Again, protection of personnel and property from physical actions, events that cause serious loss or damage. This includes protection against fire, flood, natural disasters, burglary, theft, vandalism, terrorism. Basically, if it's God-made or man-made, we are there as a church protector, uh, as a church warrior, as a safety and security team. That is our desire. That is our goal. That is our mission statement, so to speak. Jason, I see you up there in Gatesville. Hey, I think I'm coming to church in Gatesville uh, this next Sunday. Uh, this next Sunday, as a matter of fact. So uh, watch me walk in. If, uh, I think I'm going to the Coriel Community Church um, this next Sunday. So I hope to see you there, Jason. Um, so now, obviously, as a church protector, if you've been around for a while, there is data, obviously, to support the absolute necessity to have a safety and security team. If you've been doing this for a while, my warrior brothers and sisters, you know this intimately. There's studies that show over an estimated half of American churches are unprepared for a major emergency. I'll say that again. There's studies out there that show an estimated half of American churches are unprepared for a major emergency. Now, notice I didn't say active shooter. I said major emergency, those things that we listed off, God-made, man-made type of crisis that impact our churches. The causes range from normalcy bias. We don't think it can happen here. Or it's never happened here, all the way up to a perceived lack of resources. We can't afford it, right? Um, if you've uh, known me for a while, you know I have a good friend, Carl Chan, and Carl Chan over at uh, Faith-Based Security Network, he, he catalogs deadly, uh, deadly force incidences, and his stats show that between 1999 and 2017, there was an over 2,000% increase in violence in churches. Between the 10-year period of 2007 to 2017, there was over a 500% increase in violence in church. So yes, even the stats bear out that we should have a church safety and security team. So you're still wondering, why am I saying we shouldn't have a church safety and security team? I'll go even deeper than that. And maybe even first and foremost, we should say this. There is biblical guidelines and guidance and teaching and mandates that dictate and illustrate how we should have a church safety and security team, why we should have a church safety and security. Proverbs 22.3, the prudent see danger and take cover, but the simple keep going and suffer the consequences. Nehemiah 4.9, we talked about Nehemiah. We prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night. Acts 20, 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Now, listen, friends, it says it right there. Everything we need to know about the church safety and security ministry. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. It didn't say some of the flock, part of the flock, a little bit of the flock, only the flock that you like or only the flock that shows up every Sunday. No, 
all of the flock is what we're supposed to keep watch over and be overseers of. So even biblical mandates, dictates, uh, guidings and guidelines and teachings do support having a church safety and security team. Now, I could go on and on and on uh, about this. So uh, in the in the biblical sense, there's there's so many biblical uh, passages. Christ was even a proponent of safety and security. Listen, when when someone pulled out a sword in the Bible, when you saw they went and did something with a sword, it wasn't they had to go find a sword. They had a sword with them, the Glock of their day, if you will. Glock, best pistol ever made. Now, I'm sure they're going to get some arguments down in the comment section on that. I do that on purpose. So why would I say then we don't need a church safety and security team? It's obviously I'm being a little hyperbolic with it. I mean, I teach, I promote, I consult all over the nation on church safety and security. Um, and I even carve out Wednesdays like this, the wacky Wednesdays for the warriors just like you to talk about it. So, of course, I really think you should have a church safety and security team, a protector team, if you will. So if we have the data, if we know it's the right thing to do, if we know the Bible promotes it, then why do we do it so poorly? Why then don't we professionalize it? I'm going to unpack that in a little bit. Why then, if we know this, if we know we should, if we really believe we should, the Bible tells us, statistics tells us, Good common sense tells us in a public space, the church has a duty to protect everybody that shows up. Then why doesn't the church budget for it? Oh, I said something right there, didn't I? Why doesn't the church have a budget for the safety and security team? Let's go a little bit deeper. Why doesn't everybody attend training on your team? We know we should be doing it, right? We like to show up. We like to have the gun, the fancy lanyards, the shirts, whatever it is that we show up, the radios maybe, the earpiece. We love it. Look like Secret Service talking into our wrist and stuff like that. Why don't you show up for training? Why do you only show up for training when it's talking about guns? Why do you only show up to the range when it's range time? Come on, folks. Stay with me here. Now, this is why I said I wanted your church leadership to hear this. Why then, if we know it's biblical to have a church safety and security team, to be a protector of all the flock, we know statistics have borne out that we must, must protect the flock at all costs because the evil ones are coming against us. Then why then, church, isn't it set up like a ministry like any other ministry you have in your church? Why isn't it given the same time, money, and energy as the children's ministry? Why isn't it given the same time, money, and energy as the adult ministry? Listen, I'm, I agree with you. Safety and security may be that fire extinguisher just hangs on the wall that you never, ever need to use. Looks pretty, and it's always there. And listen, everything I teach you, I hope it is a complete waste of time. I hope you never have to unpack anything I've ever taught you or brought to you. But the reality is you might. So why isn't it given the time, money, and energy necessary and created as a ministry within our churches? And I'll tell you this. When I travel around the nation, when I travel around the U.S. in different states and show up to different churches, and it's an open training for all the churches in the area, what do I see the most? 
what I see the majority of the guys and gals coming to training, it's guys and gals who carry guns. That's it. Very rarely do I see a team leader that is there to develop his and professionalize his team. I see a guy and a gal that want to carry a gun in church. I see very few policies. I see very few procedures. I see people with very few plans. Everything that they do in their church is a reaction. It's very subjective, very little objective planning, which allows us to respond versus react. I see very little professionalization around this so critical thing. We think it's critical. The Bible tells us it's critical to do this. And we are not speaking into it in the way that God would want us to. I believe that. Now, when I say very little, very little professionalization, your ministries are not professionalized. Don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying you're not a professional. You may be the most professional person on the team. But if your ministry is not professionalized, it's not doing the things that it should be doing towards the mission that it should have then you don't need a church safety and security team because you're allowing liability to enter into the process and it already existed already and you've only increased it. If you just have a bunch of guys with guns as your team with no policies, no plans, no procedures or quality qualified training, then I'll say you don't have a church safety and security team. That's pretty hard to hear, but I'm going to say it again because it's important to understand. If all you have is a bunch of guys and gals on your team that carry guns, and that's your team with no plans, policies, procedures, no quality, qualified training, then you don't have a church safety and security team. You have a group of people that just want to feel important while they carry guns in church. I said it. I stand by it. Now, it's not all doom and gloom, of course. I just wanted to put that heavy stuff out there to, to make you start thinking about this. I see Jim in a comment right here. If you have to discharge a firearm, your prevention system has failed. Jim, you know I believe that. You know I've talked about that. There's so many layers of security, a concentric rings of security or a security in depth, if you want to call it that, that should go into church safety and security, that coming out of, a, of your holster with a firearm, you had a lot of systems fail at that point that allow that exchange of gunfire to happen. Jim, you're absolutely right. Thanks for illustrating that. The good news here, folks, is that if you understand this and you believe what I'm saying, then you can truly start to develop and professionalize your safety and security. You protect your team and you design it then for the right purpose. You may have to break it all down. I have a really good friend of mine up in San Angelo. He He's since stepped away from his safety and security team because things were going bad. But when I talked to him about it, he had to break it down and start over from scratch because there's so many people in his team that didn't want to attend training, only wanted to show up when firearms were talked about, and there was so much infighting about who was the most important. Listen, I'm speaking right to you. I know you have people like that in your team, maybe even in your church. So listen, friends, every church has a different culture, a different size, a different location. There's no one size fits all for this in a security plan. The guidelines that I'm going to give you right here are designed to help your leaders engage with the most essential issues that you want them to engage with in this. I'm going to point you to trusted resources here within us 
as a church, as you're developing your own safety and security plans. For a plan to be effective, it is essential to gain buy-in first and foremost from the entire leadership team. If you have people on the board who don't think you should have a church safety and security team, if they don't think and are aligned with you and, and having guns in church, then you're going to have an uphill battle. You've got to fly in the ointment. Now, listen, that's okay. If that person believes that, what I want you to do, and I tell you this in trainings uh, when I come live and in person or some of the other trainings we have in the membership site, again, go to the membership site. The membership is really, uh, the price is not that high. Get into the membership site. You'll get all these insights. But I'm just going to tell you this right here. Qualify what their objection is. When you start qualifying what people's objections are, then you can have real dialogue, and then you can start helping them overcome those objections. You have to have buy-in from the entire leadership team. Because you may have the nothing is going to happen here mentality in there. And that's really, really a problem if you're trying to join, if you're trying to develop a professional safety and security team. Any security plan should not just address the unlikely event of an active shooter. Listen, active shooter, when we measure this in risk assessments, very low frequency. It is. It's a very low frequency in churches. However, there's a high impact. So when you have a low frequency but a high impact, you still have to plan for it. You still have to have procedures for it. You still have to have training for it. But it's a low frequency event. So there are some other things that rise to the top of that when we want to professionalize our church safety and security ministry. We have to understand, we have to consider the why of what we're doing. We don't start with the how. How are we going to do this? We start with the why. What is important to us? What is in our heart? What is our mission? What is our guiding directives? Some of the whys, most of the whys in your church safety and security team don't require a gun as a tool to interact. Think about this. How about an attendee having a medical emergency in your worship service? I see so many churches around the nation that don't have a medical plan. They don't have a medical team. That's one of the first things you should start to work on. But what do I see over and over again is guys and gals getting together and going right to the range because we want to carry firearms in church. You're more, there's a higher frequency and a higher impact of having a medical emergency in your church than there is an active shooter. How about a child in the children's ministry caught in the middle of a domestic dispute? How about a child goes missing, is abducted? How about someone under the influence of drugs, alcohol, those people that we should be inviting into church, right, in the right way? They struggle with mental health issues. They see your church as a place to express their anger or maybe even get money from you to get help to get resources. That's what we're doing. How about a local activist group protesting outside your church on a Sunday morning? Are you going to be reactive to that? Or are you going to be responsive to that because you have a policy and procedure in place for it and you've done training for it? Subjectivity is going to hold, you're going to hold all the liability if all you do is have a subjective rea reaction to everything you do objectivity is where we want to be. Those are plans, policies, and procedures. We give you all that in the Protectors Toolkit membership. How about a fire spreads out of control within the church? Past the, what's called the incipient phase for all my firefighter brethren out there. I know you're not listening because you're probably sleeping in the firehouse right now. Got your boots off, all cozied up in your bed. It's a firefighter joke. How about an auto accident occurring in the parking lot? Do you have plans, policies, and procedures for this? Again, these are all more high-frequency events and potentially high-impact events. We need to prepare for all these eventualities if we want to say that we are professional church safety and security. 
When forming your church safety and security team, your protector team, whatever you want to call it, I want you to consider these six critical steps in forming your team. Get out your pen and paper right now, and I wish you would have the Warrior Journal. You can run over to Amazon right now. It's not going to come to you today, depending on where you live, but go to Amazon.com and get the Warrior Journal. Put all your notes in there. So listen, consider. I want you to consider these critical steps to forming and professionalizing your church safety and security team. Number one, pray. I can't overstate that enough. For everything, ask God to bless your team. Ask God, listen, you are the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. God, please show me where you want me to take this team, where you want this team to go, what you want this team to be. God, please show me that. Pray incessantly for your team over and over again. Assess. You can't protect what you first haven't measured. This is where we get guys and gals getting in, getting guns in the church before they ever get a medical uh, medical team or a medical plan in place in the church. Before they ever buy an AED, they figure out when can we go to the range and qualify. Take an assessment. Do a risk assessment. Listen, I do two types of risk assessments for you if you want to. I do a virtual risk assessment. You and I would do it over the phone virtually. I'll walk around your church virtually with you, and I'll give you an assessment where I think you should put time, money, resources, and energy. Or I'll come to your church. If I come to your church, man, it's going to be a good time. We're going to fellowship. We're going to have a really fun time with it. I'm going to attend your Sunday service too. I hang out with you for a little bit. We're going to break some bread and we're going to do a little bit of training with your whole team. So hook us up or hit us up for that. So we got pray, assess, develop now. Develop your plans, policies, and procedures. Stop being subjective. Stop reacting to everything like it's a fire. Be proactive. Be left of bang as far as possible. Be objective in your planning. And then when you have that, when you've developed your plans, policies, and procedures, train. Train, train, train. I can't stress that enough. Train. Listen, how many of you think that license to carry or concealed carry or um, concealed handgun license is the standard you need for your church protector team. It's not. It's such a low bar to get over to get a government license to do something the Constitution. I'm not going to go down that path. Anyhow, the license to carry, the concealed carry licenses, whatever it is that you have in your state that allows you to carry a firearm in your church is such a low bar to get over that it is not a standard for a church protector. No matter what you did, you had to qualify at some point, I'm guessing, 50 rounds uh, on a, a no farther than 15 yards away and then working your way in or working your way back, however that worked. Um, and you had to get most of the rounds on the paper target. Now, listen, friends, the target wasn't moving. The target wasn't angry. The target didn't have a gun. And you didn't have 300 of your friends in between you and the target. A license to carry, concealed carry, whatever you want to call it, is not a standard for a church protector. Look us up for our two-day firearms class. I'll come get you all qualified, and we'll get you to a different standard, okay? Train, train, train. Then manage. Somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody has to be in charge. And now, sometimes this falls back on the former law enforcement, current law enforcement, former military, current military guy or gal, because they've been there and done that. Listen, that's, that's good. I like their heart. I love it. Listen, that's me, right? But do they, heart comes first. Heart is first in this ministry. We serve people first. The military, the law enforcement, they have a certain depth of knowledge. 
what we need in a leader for church safety and security is a breadth of knowledge. Our knowledge needs to be wide and not just deep. We need to take into account that we're dealing with church people and not everybody's a criminal. So think about that. But somebody has to be in charge. It should be a leader. Someone who is capable of leading others. Somebody is capable of having difficult conversations when necessary. Hey, you haven't shown up to training for three cycles now. You're on suspension. Hey, listen, I'm, I love your heart, brother. You're, you're, you're kind of aging out of this role of being a protector of others. The last time we went to the range, uh, you, you didn't get all the rounds even near your target. Difficult conversations. And then last but not least, again, pray. Pray for guidance. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray for understanding. Pray for your team. Pray for your pastors, your assistant pastors, the staff, the Sunday school workers. Pray for yourself. None of this, none of what we do in church safety and security will be successful if you don't have a strong prayer life. I'm going to say that again. None of what we do in church safety and security will be successful. You will not be successful without a strong prayer life. I can get a couple amens on that, I'm sure. Maybe there's some fears within your church or within your team or maybe within yourself as a leader of why we can't professionalize this. Maybe it's our church is too small. Shane, I got you on this one. You only have to look up in the comment section to see my friend Shane Dahlberg, and he'll tell you. The First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs occurred when they had an average attendance of only 60 in a town of less than a thousand. Your church isn't too small to have safety and security. And you're certainly not too small in the eyes of God to protect the flock like he told you to. Some of your other fears, maybe. We can't afford the expense of a church safety and security team. That expense may be less than you think. But until you measure, until you do a risk assessment, until you take an accurate measurement of what you're dealing with and what you have to deal with, then you don't know that. It could seem outrageous, but maybe it's not. Maybe there's other resources that Protectors Toolkit can help you find in your community to help you with some of the training, with some of the budgetary needs. Also consider this. When we're talking about cost, when we're talking about expense, when we're talking about funding something like a safety and security team, what is the cost of it, really, real dollars, but maybe more importantly for your leadership, for the church staff, for the elders, the deacons, your board? Maybe it's more important to expose to them what is the cost of doing nothing, because that is a cost. And it's probably higher than the cost of doing something. How about this one? We already have people in our congregation who carry a firearm. Can't we rely on them? Friends, I've told you that's such a low bar out there usually for most people that are carrying in church. But if the church wants to avoid attendees acting as informal security, that's what they try to do sometimes. When they explicitly or implicitly authorize people to carry a gun, or deploy a firearm in their church? Because listen, they told you you could carry a gun in church when you told them, hey, there's real risks. They're assuming all the liability. 
they're assuming 100% of liability when they implicitly or explicitly tell you, go ahead and carry a gun in church and stand by that door over there. Oh, maybe we'll give you a radio or something so you can communicate. They're holding the liability until they professionalize it. Your church insurance company may support that. I don't think they do. They want a professional ministry with plans, policies, and procedures, quality, qualified training that they can insure. And that's why I think, when I said at the beginning, if you're not willing or able to professionalize your church safety and security ministry, then maybe you shouldn't have one. Maybe everybody should just be an usher and a greeter and use hope as a strategy. Friends, we've got to be better at this. We've got to professionalize. Hit me up at Protectors Toolkit. You can hit admin at protectorstoolkit.com. Admin at Protectors Toolkit to reach out to me. Ask all your questions. Drop your questions in there in the bottom. Keep dropping your questions in. And remember, share this with somebody. Share this with somebody in church leadership. Share it with your elders, your deacons, your board members that need to hear this message. You've been preaching it. Listen, I know if you're if you're part of Protectors Toolkit, if you've been watching me for a while, I know one thing about you. You care about the flock. You love the flock. You love your job protecting the flock. You've been preaching in your own hometown that we need to have a better, more professional church safety and security ministry. And it's falling on deaf ears. I know it. Friends, even Jesus had trouble preaching in his own hometown. He had to leave to get his message out. And it may be that that's what you need to get somebody else in to come into your church, to come into your town, to come into your area and teach a church safety and security essentials class like this. This is a full day of training right here. I've just kind of boiled it down a little bit for you. I like that, Jim. Start with the power of hello. Aggressive hospitality, one of the greatest tools we have as a church warrior. So, friends, like and subscribe to all of our social media for all the notifications. Go over to YouTube. Make sure you hit that bell so it dings and lets you know when we have new content dropped in there. Make sure you hit subscribe or the sub button, as my son says, uh, the younger generation there. Uh, and make sure you're sharing this far and wide. Check out our podcast, Word and a Weapon on all platforms. Word and a Weapon on all platforms. A little bit of a word from me, something I got from my day, my month, my week, and then a weapon to take with you on your day-to-day -day walk. Don't forget to host a training. Listen, if you want to host a training, you want to host me live and in person, we're booking for 2022 right now. We've got a couple courses, one in California coming up, one in Oklahoma coming up. We're ready to go. First quarter is almost booked up. You can get into second quarter 2022 right now. We will give you $500 to your in a grant back to your church for hosting us. Listen, we could all do with $500 on our church safety and security team to professionalize it. So hit us up, have us out to your church for a training. Don't forget, we're doing virtual risk assessments. As I said, we're also doing live and in-person risk assessments. We will come out to your church, do a risk assessment. It's about three days. I'm going to go to your, I'm going to go to your Sunday service. I'm going to meet with you Saturday and do some training. We're going to meet on Friday and go around the church. It's going to be a fun time. Like I said, go find us, subscribe, like all of our social media. Please share this one, particularly with your leadership at your church or someone that you know is going to be blessed by this. And as warriors, as I always say, keep them safe. <laughs>